All right, good afternoon. I'm Ryan Shockey. I'm the director of athletics here at Olivet College. And I'd like to thank you for your attendance this afternoon as we celebrate an exciting time in both our men's and women's basketball programs with the introduction of Brittany Berry and Sam Hargraves. After I introduce each of them, they'll each have a brief moment to make a statement, and then we'll open it up for questions as we end today. First of all, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Coach Brittany Berry as our new men, or head women's basketball coach. Coach Barry, as many of you know, has been on our staff for the last two seasons, and she's been mentoring our young women's basketball players through her character, leadership, and positive attitude. We're excited to see what the future holds for our women's basketball program, and I know we'll be able to accomplish great things under her direction. I'm excited and honored to introduce to you Coach Brittany Barry. All right. <laughs> um, thanks, Ryan Shockey. Uh, I'm really excited about this opportunity. I've been with the girls for the past two seasons as an assistant, so I know the players, I know the school. Um, I really love what the mission state statement of Olivet is. I love their dedication to social justice and the inclusion of everybody, and I think that's something really special to be a part of outside of the court. On the court, I think we can do something special here. Um, we already have an awesome base of girls, some of them who are here right now, which I really appreciate they coming, they're coming and supporting me. Um, so I'm excited to get rolling, and I, I think we can do something pretty special and you know, bring some, some good wins to all of that. So thanks. Good. I also have the pleasure today to introduce to you Sam Hargraves as our new head men's basketball coach. Uh, coach Hargraves has been a positive coaching fixture in college basketball the state of Michigan for the majority of his coaching tenure. Throughout the interview process, it became apparent to uh, both Coach Hargraves and I that Olivet College and Coach make a great fit for each other. We're excited about the new era of men's college basketball under his leadership, and I know that together we can accomplish great things. Again, it's an honor to introduce Coach Sam Hargraves. Thank you, Ryan. That's working. Okay, this is big time technology here. I, I'm a little freaked out by this thing. Uh, but, but just want to thank Ryan, uh, his vision, uh, not only just for, for the men's basketball program, but uh, his vision and the passion that I feel that he has for the whole athletics department um, was something that really sold me on coming here. And during my interview, uh, I met so many great people, uh, felt so welcome, felt so at home. Uh, and this, for me, at this point in my career, it just felt like a perfect opportunity that, that I could not pass up. Um, and, and I get a chance really to, to start uh, the program from scratch with, with our own culture, with our own belief system, um, somewhat with our own group of players, but yet I'm also really, really excited um, about the guys that, that are very likely to return to the program. Uh, so, so taking some of those pieces and then combining it with with uh, some of the guys that hopefully I'll be lucky enough to get through recruiting. Um, it's just a very, very exciting opportunity. So thank you, Ryan. Thanks to Rod Hathaway, who I've known for a long time and, and was a part of this. Uh, Dr. Corey was wonderful in, in my time. I got to sit down with him in the interview and just believe in his vision for the college as well. So uh, thank you. Thank you all for being here and uh, look forward to an exciting future. And 
off, just off the record, this is the longest I've ever sat next to somebody from Hope College. So, the sooner we can move this along, the more comfortable I'll be. Um, having been a player in Division Three athletics myself and then now moving into the coaching atmosphere, I think D3 athletics are awesome because you get to really be the full student athlete. Um, I always say this even to my recruits coming in, like you get time to be a student, you get time to, if you want to study abroad, you can go study abroad. If you want to do a summer internship, you have that opportunity to do that. And I think that well-rounded growth is like, is super important um, for our students because once you leave here, we're not, you know, for my females, we're not going to play in the WNBA. They're going to be professionals. They're going into the workforce. They're going into the community. And I think D3 Athletics really emphasizes that and gives them that way to really grow as a person outside of the, uh, the athletic side. So. Yeah, I would, I would agree with, with everything Brittany said. Uh, from the athletic side of it alone, and I always say this to recruits and current players, you have to be self-motivated at this level. And if you are, you have the opportunity to really improve and climb and even go past maybe some, some people that were ahead of you at some point in your career. Uh, we, don't, we don't have the time with the athletes that they do at, at Division One, Division Two level or the NAI level. Uh, so I always say to in our sport, what are they going to do those, those six, seven months that we're not there to force them to do anything? We can't force them to do anything. So they're playing because they love it. Uh, they're not doing it for the scholarship. They're not doing it for the potential to make millions from Nike or Adidas or whatever shoe company. They're doing this because they love it and the, the connections that they make, the family atmosphere that it becomes within a team. And then, of course, they hope they get to meet alums like Mr. Hathaway who can possibly get them a job someday as well. Uh, and that's what the small college is supposed to be about, and that is absolutely what Division Three is supposed to be about. Uh oh. Well, it's only been like six days, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm adjusting that I should have bought a more fuel-efficient vehicle. That's, that's one thing. Maybe I'll have to do that. That'll help the adjustment. Um, you know, there's so much of it that's the same. Uh, it's a small, private, liberal arts college. Um, I've, I've been a coach for 21 years and eight as the head coach there. So there's a lot of it. I'm so familiar with the school just from being in the league. Uh, but little things as far as how do I make my printer in my office work and where's the copy machine, you know, things like that, that it, it just takes time. It just takes a daily time uh, for, to, to figure out the ins and outs of a place. But uh, I've had a chance to talk with most of the players, as you know, uh, at least on a little bit of an individual basis. Uh, certainly was so familiar with them anyway, just from competing against them for the, for the last couple of years, the last eight years total. Uh, so I really do feel like I've been able to hit the ground running and, uh, and, and just take off right from the beginning. So it, it's been a pretty smooth transition so far. If you want to buy a house in Alma, that would, that would help <laughs> as well. Being an assistant coach in the interim for the end of last season, what kind of advantages does that give you now having to do full official head coach? 
Um, I think the biggest advantage uh, from my standpoint is that I was able to start the recruiting process for our 2019 class already. Um, we do have an awesome core coming back, but to be able to give them players that will you know, bring a different skill level to the team, will bring some pieces that we're missing on the side of scoring and things like that is huge for the girls who are already here. Um, so really from January on, I was able to start to navigate that 19 class and start to get commits coming. Um, so that was huge for me. Uh, secondly, like even just being here for the past two years, not even on the, as the interim title, um, developing that relationship with our girls. Uh, they, are, they are the future of Olivet. They are the core for next year. Um, I think we have some really special players that attract other players for me. They help, they make my job easier as a coach to get girls here. Um, so that, you know, that's an easy transition for me in the sense that I'm not meeting a whole new team of girls. I, you know, I have most of the girls coming back that, you know, I've been close with uh, throughout the past two seasons. But really that, that recruiting side has been huge because, you know, the recruiting process, we're already starting on our 20s, 21 kids. So. Um, especially for the women's side, I see that like that relationship bu relationship building is so critical. So um, being able to start that with them and carry it through and have that consistency for that class has um, made it pretty seamless, so that we didn't lose too many kids in that transitional time. So. Uh, number one always is that they get a diploma and they graduate from here. That's always the number one thing. That should be the number one thing at any level. Um, we know maybe it's not at certain levels or certain places, but, but here that should be number one. Uh, beyond that, and some of this is going to sound a little bit cliche or boring, but it's true and so many coaches are going to say that we're just trying to make an excellent product and something that everybody can be proud of. Um, I'm very process oriented, uh, recruiting kids that are going to be team first type of players that are going to be responsible students here, responsible citizens on campus uh, that hopefully are going to be very unselfish and that ultimately from a basketball standpoint that winning is really fun and the only way you do that is by playing together and playing unselfishly. Um, so those are always the goals. What everybody always wants to hear is, well, how many, how many games do you think you can win? Um, but if we focus on that stuff, I always believe that the, that the winning will take care of itself. So yeah, I, I hope we win every single game that, that we ever play in or that I ever coach in. Uh, if that happens, great, but that won't happen unless we focus on, on all those things that I mentioned. So those are, those are the boring coach speak goals, but it's, it really is true. Great answer. Thank you. My second bet. Thank you. <laughs> Look, you have great socks today, by the way. Yeah. Sorry, those need some attention. I'll just add to our team goals. Um, everything Sam said is super spot on. And like you said, we can do the coach talk and say we want to win all these championships. I would think that's a given. Um, but I also, for the women's side, I really want to develop our females. I want to put strong female leaders into the workforce when they leave. I think it's super critical that they, you know, 
that I'm a good role model for them so that they can see, you know, we can be in position of power and, you know, other young girls want to see women in those positions leading them. So um, I hope that through the process of sports and D3 athletics that I can help develop those, those future leaders um, in all of the females on our team. And they're all capable of it because they're all strong, powerful um, individuals. So I'm looking forward to that with them. Yes, Coach Mo. Sure. If if you can tell me the strengths and weaknesses of our team, then I can answer that question. So that that's how I all. I mean, if if uh, yeah, if I if I had my way and it was a perfect world and I felt like we had you know we had the best talent maybe, um, and it's not an easy thing to answer in two minutes, Coach, and I know you know that. Uh, but I, but but defensively, it all starts there, and and I've just been convinced over the years, man to man is the best way to play. Um, ball pressure, help side, five guys working as one, right? And and so I've sort of developed this reputation as a great two three zone coach uh, in my time at Alma. That's been more out of survival than it was necessarily. That's the way I'd want to do it. Um, I think there's time and a place for that potentially, but but my my goal here would be to be a very good man-to-man team, uh, and then offensively, I just think the less time you spend trying to score in the half court, the better, and so that means we want to run and run and run and run some more. Uh, but then if we don't get something good early, it would be to downshift, and now let's move it, let's move our bodies, and let's move the ball, and let's try to get a really really good shot. Um, and I also, if that, if that does come early though, I'm okay with that, but it's gotta be something that, that these guys will show me after a few weeks of practice. Okay. Here's what you do well. And then that's what I want you to go and, and do in the game. And so sometimes that might happen within the first 10 seconds, even of a half court possession. And if it does great, but if, if we don't have anything great, let's really work and, you know, God forbid we actually throw it in the post once in a while. I know that's kind of a maybe half the people in here don't know what post is anymore. Uh, but so I would I would love to be able to do do that as well. Play a little inside out basketball. I feel much more of what an opportunity than I feel pressure. And that, that's, I think, one of the best things from the past couple of years was the excitement that got surrounded about the basketball program. Um, I, I can't speak for the other sports as much. I haven't seen that as much. But I certainly, unfortunately, had to lose twice personally here this last year. And it was great. I was excited to come down here to play in the MIAA tournament because I knew it was going to be a loud crowd. Uh, our facility here, I think, was built, whether this was happen chance or not, but it was built at a, about a perfect size for the student body that we have and the community. Uh, I mean, I've seen it firsthand. You get 800 to 1,000 people in there, and it is loud, and it is wild. And I can't wait for that pep band to now be not right next to my bench <laughs> because... I mean, like, I have no voice after the games just from trying to coach the guys during a time when it was really well done, Rod, or whoever decided to put that there. I couldn't stand it. Uh, so I'm going to love having that just be off in the distance now a little bit more. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's pressure in every way, 
when you get into college coaching. That's just part of the job. But, but to me, it's such an exciting thing. And just had a recruit on campus today, and it's one of the things that we talked about. And we showed them, showed them some old films from just the past couple of years. Um, so I think it's great. It's, it's something that drew me here as well. Yes, in the back. Yeah. Glad to have First of all, I'd like to welcome you to the Oliver family, Brittany and Sam. Uh, your enthusiasm, your passion is so contagious that I love it. Question I have, and I don't know how many people here desire to go into coaching, whether it's permanently or AAU or whatever. What advice would you give a young person on their path to pursue a coaching? Choose another career and make more money. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You, you, you want to go ahead? You want me to start? Sure. Sorry. Sure. Um, for me personally, I'm obviously still young myself, um, so I could probably take some advice. So but, am I. You know, no. no. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, if I had to give you know advice, I would say like take any opportunity you can. If this is really what you want to do, then buy into that. Um, I. Three years ago, I was working third shift so that I could be an assistant coach at Hope um, and get my coaching career started. So I literally worked from 10 o'clock at night till 8 o'clock in the morning, and then I would sleep, and then I'd go to practice at 3.30 in the afternoon. Um, and that really kick-started everything because um, it gave me the confidence then after going to Hope to apply for this full-time job, and now I get to do this as my full-time without having to do third shift, which is, you know, awful. Hopefully you don't have to do, you know, that route. But if it's something you want to do, you have to buy in. You got to make that decision. You have to go for it. It's not going to be, you're not going to be a head coach or a full-time position your first time out. Like, you got to do the dirty work. You got to do things that are, you know, it's not as fun to, you know, be working another job and trying to balance it and recruit and do those things. But I did it, and now I get the opportunity to be a head coach. And so that's super exciting for me. But you got to go all out and you got to work to get there, um, yep. even if it's a little challenging. Yep, no doubt. Some people have to wait till they're 26. Some people have to wait till they're 34. I mean, you know, you never know, but you, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to pay, pay your dues. Um, I love this question because I think so often when, when we're in college and we're college age, and, and this is to no one's fault, but, but we think, okay, we're going to go to college and we're making this investment in our future. We want to make money. Right? We want to make money. And no doubt that's, there's nobility in that to an extent. Uh, we have to make money. We all have to make money to, to survive. But then if you really want to chase your dream and maybe do something that you, I guess, just you feel called to do it to an extent, right? And, and that's what it is for me. And <laughs> I always joke. Like, I don't really have any other skills or talents. I don't know what I would do if I wasn't doing this. I'd maybe, you know, I'm from northern Michigan. I'd plow snow in the winter and cut <laughs> grass in the summer, right? That's what, that's what we do up there a lot of the time. Um, so, like, for us to have the opportunity to, <laughs> to do this, and, like, we get a paycheck to do this. So I think it's the greatest job in the world. I'm going to be totally biased. But, but so whatever that is, whether it's coaching or whether it's, it's uh, being the best piano player that you can be or whatever you want to do, I just think if you put your heart and soul into, into uh, chasing that dream, I think the money's going to follow. And you know what? Maybe it doesn't, but if you try it for a few years at least and it didn't work out, you're not going to have regret that you didn't try. 
and 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 like what what coach said it's sometimes it can be a tough start because you're not going to make money the first few years you've got to just scrap and claw and you know eat ramen in my day i don't know if the kids still eat ramen nowadays but that was the thing okay yeah yeah so they probably have like 17 flavors now when i was a kid there's two uh the beef or the chicken and so you know but you you just set your heart on something and you go after it with everything you've got and then and then if it doesn't work out you're going to have a degree from olivet college let's say and you go and you get into another field and you make that work but yeah i don't think there's any more of a rewarding uh profession than than being a basketball coach and really even on so many levels even the high school coaches they don't do it for the money they don't you know you can't you're not five thousand dollars isn't going to make you want to put up with that many bad parents i'm kidding um but they do it because they make a difference in those kids lives and it's such a rewarding rewarding thing unbelievable Oh boy, just putting us on the spot. Yeah, it's tough. Um, that's a great question. Honestly, I'd have to give it the team to really come up with what they they want to be about. Um, I'm really I'm really big on a player-led team. I want them to take ownership of the team, and I want them to be um, in charge of what they believe in. Um, I can obviously guide them in what has worked for me in the past as a player and as a coach in different spots, but um, it's really going to be about you know, when we get the team back in the fall, what they want to be about for the year and really for them to take ownership in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We've got to be careful on, on like trademark infringement too. We can't say just do it. I'm definitely not going to say roll the boat. No offense to the Western Michigan grads, but yeah, that, and I, I love the nature of your question. That, that's something that we'll, we'll come up with together. Uh, oftentimes I'll get with the, the leaders and, and they can kind of come up with something. Maybe we'll put it on a t-shirt. And honestly, I'm, I'm big into that from the, the symbolism of it, but anybody can put anything on a t-shirt, and if we don't live that out every day, it doesn't matter what, what's on the t-shirt. So, you know, it, it's going to be about character, and it's going to be about being unselfish, and it's going to be about working really, really hard every day. And if we can come up with a slogan that fits that, that sounds better than the way I just said it, then maybe we'll get that printed on a, on a T-shirt. Whatever Keon wants, we'll do. Maybe we'll get Do Right printed on T-shirts. <laughs> I like that. I would like that. We're not married. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> you knew there was going to be some, some crazy questions potentially. Yep. So I actually was recently married a few months ago. So my last name's actually Zanster now. Um, yeah. So <laughs> thanks, Bridget. <laughs> Uh, so Jacob's actually awesome. He's, uh, he was raised in the Lansing area. He went to Ferris State University. Um, he 
calls himself my basketball wife because <laughs> he will buy suckers and put them in my drawers. He is constantly asking if he thinks he should get granola bars so that the players have them before practices so that they're not famished from a day of school. Um, he is like the way sweeter side of me, and he really loves the team. He watches every game. Um, the ones he can't be at, he live streams, even if he's with his friends. Um, his friends have watched many Olivet games um, because of that. Um, so he's the girls' biggest fans, and he really is like a team dad because he cares about them. Um, I have to tell him chill out sometimes. I'm like, oh, they're fine. They don't need granolas. They don't need all that. But he really does care about the girls, and he wants to like constantly have my drawers filled so that they're, you know, they can have things to eat. They can, you know, be taken care of. So that's my uh, that's my husband life. Um, no kids yet. I'll hold off on that. So. Got great babysitters for when I do want to have one, though. So, you know, Grace yeah. loves babysitting. That's so athletic department. Right? Yep. 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 Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. I have a uh, I have a nine month old daughter, <laughs> who Rod has already tried to set her up with his grandson. So, <laughs> I'm, it's a little early for me to commit to that. Uh, so we'll see how that goes down the road. Uh, and her name is Sophia. And then my wife actually uh, worked in the admissions office. Uh, at our previous employer, and she she's uh, kind of does some part-time work on the side still for for that, but she can do that from home. So, yep, she's. Uh, I told her, uh, let's see, eight years, nine years ago. Oh my gosh, eight or nine years ago, I told her, uh, you know, you, you know what you're getting into now, right? This is uh, being a coach's wife is an incredible role. Um, being a coach's husband is an incredible role, and. Um, She's she's all in. She loves it. She's supportive. She played a little hoops. She's okay. She could play a little bit in her day. Uh, she's from a very athletic family, and so sports was always a part of her life. And uh, yeah, she's she's very excited about the move. Uh, we're probably going to live near Lansing. And if any of you have been through Elma, I'll just say there's more to do in Lansing than Elma. And so she's excited about that. I think it was the red. I love red. I've always loved red. Uh, no, it it was it was really interesting. Um, so Dan Muselowitz, our football coach here, I actually coached him for a year at Hillsdale College. He, I was an assistant basketball coach there, and I was the golf coach. Uh, Dan walked on to the basketball team his senior year uh, after his after his four years of football was done, and he was the ultimate practice guy. Don't let him tell you he was a great player either because he wasn't. But he did work really hard and he was just, a, just a, a wonderful kid to have and be around. So we maintained a relationship ever since and I ran into him and, and we, we were talking about other things and he said, you know, this, the, the basketball job I'm pretty sure is going to open up. And we talked about it and, and some of the things that we talked about, I'm obviously not going to always say it in an open forum like this, but he just said, you need to look into this. And, and that's what started it, you know. And I'm, I'm so thankful for the opportunity. It just, it just seemed like it was um, the perfect time for me uh, in my career. And yeah, no question, not easy to leave, not easy to leave. Great people in the Alma community. Uh, 
the players' relationships I had with the players were fabulous. Uh, it, it just was time for me to, to take on a new challenge. And like I said, it, it, it's perfect because there's been some great success here recently, but yet with just with graduation and, and maybe some guys that aren't going to come back to the program, it really is like a fresh start for everybody. And, and so we're going to kind of get to put our own fingerprint on it. Um, so all that combined and now here I am. And it's kind of been a whirlwind. It seems like it's happened so quickly. Uh, but that's how it goes in this profession, you know. You, I took all my maroon and put it away, and now I've got red. Thanks to Coach Laz, I've actually got, he bought this vest for me. He picked this out. And I know he's a football guy, and you wouldn't think he might, might have any sense of style, but <laughs> I think he did a good job. He, it, it is. He, he, that's what you said about Under Armour. So, yeah, yeah. As is yours. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, so I have been very fortunate. Um, in high school, we won a state championship at Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Um, we played in the state championship my junior year. And then at Hope, obviously, we had some really successful teams, made it to an Elite Eight, uh, made it to two Sweet Sixteens in my time there, won three MIAA championships. So um, I'm very familiar with the MIAA. I know what it takes to win on the female side of the MIAA. Um, I would say a big thing is, in that recruiting process is to really start recruiting people who know how to win and have a winning mentality. Um, I think that having that feeling of what it's like to win championships, whether you are a role player or not, um, can help contribute to a winning culture because you get what it takes. Um, you get that it's, it's not just walking into practice for two hours and then playing in the game on Wednesday and Saturday. It's okay, now I have four more hours of probably getting in the gym and shooting and getting my percentage back up. Um, you know, I'm in a free throw slump. Okay, I'm going to get up early before class. I'm going to go do that. Um, so really recruiting kids who understand that mentality. And um, at the D3 level, like I said, we don't, we don't give scholarships. So kids have to be self-motivated. And, you know, I have to identify that in kids. And I have to bring that in and, you know, start creating that culture. And um, also changing the standards of the program a little bit. Um, you know, things like being late. Uh, Talk about that's not a winning culture. Talking back to the referees, that's not a winning culture for us. Um, having you know that mentality is you know just constantly reiterating what things are a winning culture for us. You know, being disciplined, um, showing up on time and early, uh, getting to class, having good grades. So um, that's all part of it. It's all part of the the magic puzzle of success. So. Um, the reality is, if I don't bring in kids like that, if I don't recruit good kids, if I can't bring in those numbers, we won't be successful. Um, at the D3 level, you have to recruit. And we have to bring in kids who know how to win and that can become winners as a unit. So um, that would say that I think is the, the biggest key for me moving forward on it. Thanks for giving me a chance to brag, though. It was great. Wow. <laughs> I was a role player, but I got to take credit for it. So. No more hope questions, please. <laughs> Did you defend 
Nothing like it in this. I mean, it's, it, and it's, and it's not just about that, but when you do get to that point, you know, you want that again and again and again and again to happen, you know, and, and you experienced it as a player. I didn't experience it as a player. I, all three, my three years on the varsity, we were, uh, we finished in second place every year to another school. Um, but yeah, going through it and, and it was, there's, and then there's one thing to do it at a place that has done it and done it over and over again. And then to do it at a place where they haven't done it, it's just even that much more special, right? And so, you know, we've been close here and no question, I would love to smell that again and be able to do that and get ready for that. Um, you can't duplicate it in anything else, right? I mean, whatever you're doing, you try to get to that highest level you can't duplicate that un unless you actually get there and do it. Um, and, and, and there's going to have to be sacrifice. And, you know, everybody's, everybody says they want to win. You could ask any player on any team in any sport, well, do you want to win this track meet? Do you want to win this baseball game? Well, yeah, of course. Who's not going to say that? But then it goes back to every day, are you going to invest and put in uh, what it takes to get there? And a little bit with, with what Brittany said, it takes talent. It takes talent. Uh, John Wooden didn't win any national championships at UCLA his first number of years because he didn't have enough talent. Okay, so being able to get that is is obviously step one. But then, but then you get that talent, and then that's where coaching can come in, hopefully to to stay out of the way when you need to, and to just try to work as hard as you can to get the best out of that group, and then you get that chance to do it and. You know, you, it's invaluable. You can't put a price tag on those memories. And it, it can't be taken away. It's, it's in there forever. So, yeah, it's unbelievably special. Dave in the back. Thanks, Randy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Coach, also kind of similar to the background for you, um, pretty MIAA deep. Playing at Calvin, coaching at Alma, now coaching at all of that. What is it about the conference, the MIAA, that you either like enough to stay or it's kept you kind of last <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's the oldest conference ever, really, ever. Any, and and that's, it's such an incredible thing. Uh, the tradition at the schools, um, and, and I, I say this a lot to recruits, uh, you know, we might have some smaller schools enrollment wise but you actually still see school spirit at these MIAA schools, more than in the WAC, more than in the GLIAC. You know, obviously Michigan and Michigan State are what they are. Um, but, you know, you go over to Albion in their gym and the football team comes in and they're sitting there right, you know, right next to your guys when they're shooting free throws. It's awesome. And it, it, it can be intimidating if you allow it to. I hope we do the exact same thing here, right? Like I'm joking about the band earlier. Uh, but but there is there is just great history in this conference. Um, it's my home state. I have no intentions of leaving. So <laughs> you wrap all that stuff together, and it's just I love it. I love it. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. I just love it. Everything about it. All right, a couple more here. Uh, this is for both you guys. So kind of. 
obviously the MIAA is a really special conference, but taking a job here, you have to be kind of bought into all of that. What makes all of that special to you guys? What makes it different from other um, I'll start. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Um, you know, I kind of spoke to it when I said my introduction, but um, I love the diversity of all of that. I love the inclusion of, di of all of that. I love the mission statement um, of that social justice and equality for everybody. Um, you know, every gender, every race, um, every you know, everything. So um, that's super important to me. That was a huge buy-in for me. And the second I got on campus, I knew I was in my comfort zone. Um, I went to a, obviously, a not very diverse college. Um, and I, I love hope for, you know, everything that it is. But there's a lot that it isn't, and it wasn't for me. Um, I think I found that out that I, I'm way more comfortable here. And um, I just love the missions of the school. So um, I'm really bought into that mission that all of that has. Um, and, you know, just having that equal arena for everybody and, you know, being able to have a, you know, a community that is diverse. I think that's super exciting and it's realistic to the world. Um, and I like that worldview. So. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with all of that. Um, I actually interviewed here back in 2004. Um, obviously, I didn't get the job. I'm not going to blame Ryan for that, though. He wasn't here. Uh, so I, I spent that day here, and I got a little bit of a sense of, of what the place is about. And um, I'll, I'll say, as the years go by, and as things get more expensive everywhere in society, but as a, as a college education um, can get more expensive, one thing Olivet, I feel, has always been a great value. And it was, in the, it was in the past. It was when I came out of high school in 1994. But I think now in 2019, and for what I see in the foreseeable future, it is even more of that. And um, all of these schools on paper are somewhat similar, right? It's a small, private, liberal arts college. But each of them is different. And it's my, it's our job as coaches, and it's, and it's, uh, it's athletes who are being recruited coming out of high school or junior college. It's their job and our job to find the people that really fit at that place. And so I've always looked at this place as it's such an opportunity, and it's such a value, and trying to be careful how I say this. Um, because other schools in our league can be that as well, okay? But, but I think right now in, in today's climate that, that this is probably the number one place for that, okay? And, and that, was, that was something that's going to be a welcome change for me, um, and, and not just from a recruiting standpoint, but from a recruiting standpoint for sure. And, and that, was, that was a big part of when I say it was an opportunity that I didn't want to pass up. That's, that's a lot what I mean about that.